Welcome Beyond the Neutral Zone. I am Brandon, joined by my good friends Tanner and Ben. Today is Monday, January 29th. Today we are going to review the conference championship games, NFC, AFC, between the Ravens, Chiefs, and 49ers, Lions. But before we get to those games, I've got a couple of things to run past you guys. A couple questions. One, and then just uh, in, and another thing it, I'm going to do is inform you all on something that's going on in the sports world right now that you may not be aware of. Okay, so first things first, I had a couple questions about sports heckling etiquette. Like what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. Okay, so first off, Kentucky basketball was playing at Arkansas this past weekend. Okay, so and college game day was there. Mm. So college game day, you know, students, the crowd, everybody's there behind the little desk and like they talk about it's it's the same thing as college football but it's college basketball Mm. so anyway at at that morning at the game day show there's a couple of parents there that are kentucky fans and they've got this little baby that's probably the baby's probably four or five months old maybe six months old something like that and the baby's dressed in like a kentucky onesie and has like a kentucky bow in her hair or something and they're holding up the baby and the camera like zooms in on the baby and when the camera zooms in on the baby, the entire Arkansas crowd starts booing the baby. <laughs> so, so do you all find that acceptable, unacceptable, fair play or unfair? What do, what do you think? That's hilarious. I love it. <laughs> like, I mean, if you're going to be in the middle of that crowd, I mean, you have to expect something like that to happen. It, that no one physically harmed the baby or anything. Right. So, yeah, I, yeah that, that's hilarious. I mean, I'm I'm okay with it. Like. I'm okay with it. Like nobody said, like nobody said anything like about the actual baby. Right. And it literally just threw in because it's in a Kentucky onesie. And I mean, that that's acceptable. Like yeah. I don't, I don't have a problem. With I, that. I agree with Ben. It is, it is hilarious. Now, I I do have an interesting take on this. I want to see what your guys' take is. Do you find booing any person of any age in the opposing team's colors acceptable? Or is there certain age ranges and age gaps that you kind of think, okay, that's probably inappropriate? I don't, I don't think age really has that much to do with it for me as it does at what point you're doing it. Like, if the game is already over and then you're booing someone just to rub it in, like, that's just stupid. Like, there's, okay. there's really no point in it. It's not. It's not even necessarily so, wrong. It so just makes you look stupid. I agree with you to that point. Yeah. But I'm talking let, let's let's just assume this is you're walking into the stadium before the game. Like and you see people wearing the other team's colors. I I don't think there's anything wrong with it. At, I would at prefer, any age. No, I prefer a different kind of banter, honestly, rather okay. than just booing. Like have some friendly trash talk or whatever. But I think booing is is fine for yeah. the most part. But let me put, let me put it to you this way, Tanner. First of all, before I ask again another question, how do you is is every age acceptable, or are there certain age ranges that you kind of think are not acceptable? I, I don't know, man. Like it's t- to me, I guess it's a little bit of a gray area. It kind of depends on how you go about it. Like if you're going about it, like I'm not going to target, I'm not going to target the kid. I'm going to target more the parents. I need the kid. That's fair. Like that's like we could, we, for this particular example, we couldn't see the Arkansas fans, 
but from what it sounded like, it sounded like a, a smiling, booing, like, boo. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. You know, like, this, uh, in fun. Yeah, with fun. Yes. I, That's I, what it sounded like. I feel like but, there's a difference, too, if it's like a 40-year-old man walking up to, like, a six-year-old kid, and he's, like, kind of doing the teasing, like, hey, your team's going to lose, yeah. like, boo. If he's going over, like, your team is terrible, and, like, why would you ever be a fan of them and boo? Like, that. that's different. But okay. Like, so, my for, before I give you my take on that, I, I want to ask you guys one more question. What if you're walking, you're in a line in, to walk into the stadium, and let's say, okay, you're an Alabama fan, Tanner. Let's say you're walking into the stadium, and right next to you is an Auburn fan. And it's like, no... Me personally, I'm not going to boo, period. That's just not the kind of person I am. But let's say you are the kind of, let, let's say you're watching somebody else. Let's say you see another Alabama fan. And the let's say the Alabama fan's 22 years old. Let's say he's a senior in college. He's walking into the stadium and beside him is an Auburn fan that's a 92-year-old woman. <laughs> and he's booing her because she's wearing Auburn gear. That's awesome, too. <laughs> Is that a, is that acceptable? What are we doing, bro? <laughs> Leave the ninety-two-year-old woman alone, bro. Just leave her alone, dude. Bro, she's sitting there with her watcher, like just walking into the stadium. Leave her alone, bro. Like I, <laughs> so you think you think that's unacceptable? That's not my style. Like that's not I, my style. No, it's that's not your style. It's not. I don't yeah, think that's like, any of our styles. Like, but I, but I'm the kind of person that would do somebody. Do you think that that would be okay? The the, the th okay, the thing, once again, it just depends. <laughs> this all comes down to situational things, in my opinion. Like, now, if granny is one of those grannies that, like, She's she can trash. fun, oh, yeah. yeah, man, like, have fun with it. Yeah. But, like, if you're just harassing a 92-year-old woman, like, no, that's not cool, man. It, it just, it honestly just depends on the situation the tone. that you're in. Yeah. yeah. So, I agree with a lot of that, what you guys are saying there. It, the tone really matters more than anything else. Leave Granny alone, though. But, 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 I, but just but imagine I, a 92-year-old woman walking in with her walker and just getting booed. You freaking kick the walker out from under because she's an Auburn fan? Yes. Like, so I I do think that there is a certain age for, for little, really little kids to where they're old enough that they are making the decision that I am a fan of this team. Mm. But they're so young that... They, they actually they, know what being a fan of they team. they they view being a fan of that team as like I'm choosing this as part of my identity like this yeah. is like this is who I am but they don't fully understand the competitive banter yet they're like there's a weird age right there maybe like three to five years old who where like I feel like they kind of understand that like I'm rooting for this team but they don't understand that there are other people rooting for the other team and they can root against you without it being personal. So I feel like some of the kids might think it's personal, even though it's not. I completely disagree. Dude, our so? six-year-old brother loves the Chiefs. And when we told him we all were rooting against the Chiefs, he was heartbroken. And I thought it was hilarious. Yes. <laughs> so he's six. He's he's just old enough to where I think he understands. He was absolutely heartbroken. He was like, how could you root against the Chiefs? Yes. So anyway, so anyway, I I found I, when I saw the baby being booed, I thought it was fascinating. And they loved it. I thought it was hilarious. By the way, the baby, what? whenever they're holding the baby up and Arkansas is booing, the baby's like looking around and smiling and like thinks it's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> then after the Chiefs won, our six-year-old brother proceeded to talk trash, which he was already asleep, but he was talking trash before he went to sleep. So yeah, he did. Anyway, okay. So the other form of sports heckling etiquette okay 
Ben said he saw this. Did you see this? What happened at BYU this weekend? Texas at BYU? Maybe. So BYU, the front row of their student section, a bunch of the students were wearing t-shirts and they each had one letter on their t-shirt on the front and it spelled out horns down. So in the Big 12, if you give horns down, like the, the signal horns down, you get penalized for it. it like tech. You get a technical in basketball, you get a an unsportsmanlike penalty in football. Like Big 12, it's illegal. You I actually it. didn't know that. Yeah, they, they've had that rule for a few years now. Yeah. So, so only we, in Big 12 play, though. Like if Texas goes against yeah. Alabama or someone, Alabama can do it. That's the yeah. most Big 12 thing I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah. So anyway, so the fans were like, okay, we're going to spell out horns down with our t-shirt. And they still got a tech. And it's at, no, they didn't get a tech. It's at BYU. BYU's like athletic department and BYU's head coach told them that they had to take it off or they were getting escorted out of the stadium. BYU themselves said no and made them take off their shirts like or change their shirts. I, I, I like, I'm like, what? I, 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 anyway, so I, I personally am like, that is the soft. And the coach came out and said like, that's not us. That's not who we are. That's not our fan base. We're above that. What is it supposed to mean? Like, yeah. What? That's my thing. Like, what? It's just, it's just jabbing at Does the other Does that even have like some kind of underlying meaning that no, people are getting? It's what? just another form of I, booing. Like, that's all it is. It's another form of booing. It's whenever, all it is. Whenever Texas does good, they do the horns up. Yeah. So then, literally, to make fun of them, people started doing horns down. And yeah. then they just got their feelings hurt about it. So, so another an- another form of this is Louisville. Louisville does the L's up, like they do this the L thing. Loser. And so they, they they do two L's up like this, and then Kentucky. The first year or two that Louisville started doing that, Kentucky started going L's down, and Kentucky went so hard into the L's down. That they kind of Kentucky kind of owns the L celebration. <laughs> the the L's down is more popular than the L's, L's up. up. So like Louisville doesn't even do the L's up anymore because it's a, it's a Kentucky literally took it and now they own it. Like <laughs> so Louisville literally doesn't even do it anymore. So anyway, so like like this, the Texas has the horns up and I saw all the opponents about this. The, all the opponents do the horns down. So anyway, I just think that that was the softest thing that I've ever heard. And, yeah. Here's my thing. As a coach of BYU, like not even BYU, this is just coaches in general because Calipari did it too. If you're asking your fan base to show up, be rowdy, like do all of these things, impact the game how you want them to, like have an effect, you can't also then get mad if they're doing a banter that is not physically harmful at all. Yeah. Like, literally, they're just poking fun of what the other team does. Like, yes. that's what you want. Because not only is it completely harmless, clearly it gets in the other coach's head. Because the coach for Texas is so bothered by that yeah. that it clearly affects him. And if you can get in the opposing coach's head before the game even starts as a fan base, that's what you want to do. Yeah. I would be telling my people, like, hey, Good job, guys. That was creative. Like, I thought it was hilarious. I agree with all that. I agree with everything you just said. But as long as the fans aren't, like, cussing out. Yeah. So, like, like, I've been to Tennessee games before where the student section is chanting, F you, Florida, except they're not saying F. So, so you shouldn't. That's going a little too far. 
And also, the refs, you suck chant is going too far as okay, well. Okay, that's just coming from a ref. Most of the time, refs suck. Ref, Let's be honest. But, but here's the thing, though. If you, you got to think about if you're the coach for the team. If, you're, if your fan base is chanting refs, you suck. You don't want that. You're not getting any favorable calls after that, okay? You don't want your fan base to start doing that. Yeah. So... Because as a, as a coach, you want to be able to handle that situation yourself and like go off on the refs as much as you feel fit, and you don't want your fan base yeah. thing. So, yeah. Okay. After the game, you can t- have let your fan yeah. base have. But Tanner, what's your take on it? I don't know, man. I'm all for it. Like, yeah, I. That's insane to me. Like, there's no difference in the warrants down than it is. This, I don't know, saying freaking Rocky Flop instead of Rocky Top. Like, there's no difference whatsoever, man. Yeah. Like, I, I genuinely don't understand. Like, I'm all for trash talking and things like that. My point where it's a no is if it gets personal. Yeah. When it gets personal, that's when it cuts off. Like, yeah. when it gets personal, physical, things of that nature, like NBA, when so it comes to like the dude that threw pop. Okay, okay. So, so let me let me ask you this. So you said bring it up personal. People throwing stuff on players, obviously, is ridiculous. Yes. But so I, I saw this last year. Okay. So there was a dude, there's he might still be on Michigan State basketball named Fletcher Lawyer. Okay. And he was originally committed to go to Purdue. And then he decommitted from Purdue and then Purdue committed to Michigan State. So whenever Michigan State went to visit Purdue that year, he was a freshman. He got a lot of playing time for Michigan State. Whenever, every time Fletcher Lawyer touched the ball, the student section would chant, Fletcher Lawyer. That li- that's literally all they said. Every time Fletcher Lawyer caught the ball, they literally chanted his name. They, they were just trying to get into his head. Fletcher Lawyer. So do you, do you consider that personal? They're or is just that- saying it. They're just, no, they're just saying his name. Okay, so like, that's acceptable. Yeah, like the things that I consider personal, like is, is out of bounds, like, if you, for instance, like when Russell Westbrook was playing to the Lakers, playing for the Lakers, like there were fans that were coming after his family in the crowd. Yes, that's a no. Yeah, that's like a no. when it comes to stuff like that, like if yes, you're yeah. taking, if you're yelling, like as the uh, fan, whenever Chris Paul played for the Suns, he literally had to come out of the game to deal with people like yeah. trash talking his mom. Yeah. Stuff. It's obviously that, you can't you definitely can't go yeah. for the families. Now that's just, I do have to say I don't have much sympathy for Russell Westbrook because he brought it on to himself. He literally complained about it so much that it's happening to him more because he complained yeah. about it so much. I, Similar to what's going on with Texas, their head coach complained about it so much and now teams are wanting to do it even more. Don't let them know it's getting in your head. Otherwise, this is going to happen more. Going, it's after, not even, going after the family, though, is completely yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. It's going after point. family. And honestly, I have a hard but, time believing that completely, to be honest with you. Russell Westbrook seems like he's the kind of guy that just blows things out of proportion. But I don't know. Maybe but, there was some truth some truth to it. When it, com- when it comes to stuff like what? that, I'm... Com- <laughs> he was... He was Oh, I was quoting. He was quoting Russell Westbrook. If you get it, you get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but like that's that's my thing. I'm all for trash talking. I'm all for it. When it comes to like, is it obscene? Obscene? Obscene, obscene gesture? When it comes to like obscene, it's, I was trying to use a big word, but now I just you literally don't uh, even know what word you're trying no, to say. Something like yelling. That obscenities? Yes, thank you. Obscenities, yeah. When it comes to, like, yelling stuff like that or, like, personal shots, things of that nature, like, that's when I'm like, no, it's too far. Like, just 
just use common sense, dude. Like, I, yeah. just because you're on the sideline, and I do agree, you're seeing this more in NBA than any other league. It, it's just because you're paying for a seat does not mean that you get to do and say whatever you want. The, the reason it's worse in the NBA is because they're it's literally like right next yeah. to the yeah. players. Yeah. So. And, and honestly... NBA has that kind of fan base that, like, if you're a fan of one team, you just straight up hate almost every other team. Yeah. It doesn't even really matter, right? You just, it, if your team is losing, you hate the other team. If your team is winning, you're making fun of the other team. That's just kind of how NBA is, honestly. It's, it's just more, it's just more like, well, I say to, to the, to the aspect of like Chris Paul or what Russell Westbrook or something of that nature. Like, and this, this kind of ties into like a lot with like, not trying to get off topic, but it, it kind of comes into the exact same effect when it comes to like cyberbullying, things of that nature. Like, you know, would you say that exact same thing if Chris Paul was standing right beside of his family? Or would you yeah. say that to his face if Chris Paul was right in front of you or Russell Westbrook was right in front of you? Of course, you're not going to do that. So, like, are you going to boo a six month old baby if they're just sitting next to you, though? Well, th th that's why I'm saying situational. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's that's why I'm saying, like, it just comes down to the situation. I I, th I think you are allowed to heckle. Just you have to say yeah. that heckle. Yeah, yeah. You, there's certain things you can't you can't say. And also, I think it's more noticeable in the NBA, by the way, because these college stadiums are so loud you can't yeah. hear one individual person yelling at you. Yeah. In NBA, it's not like that. You can hear one person yelling. Yeah, one hundred percent. So college people can be yelling all kinds of crazy things, but you can't hear them anyway. So it's not a big deal. Okay, and college is mostly just the actual fans getting in fights after the game. Yeah, so. <laughs> okay, so I I have one other thing I want to point out to you guys as far as the sports world is concerned. I doubt either one of you have heard about this at all. Have either of you heard of the FA Cup? Okay, it, it's a soccer thing. No. FA Cup. I don't okay. think so. It's in England. Okay, so... I have heard the name FA Cup before, but I had never I never knew exactly what it was until today. Okay? And it's because of what's happening in the FA Cup right now. So the FA this you all are going to be interested in this. This sounds fascinating. The FA Cup. Do you, you all are aware how the English system works as far as the divisions and stuff. Yeah, uh, relegation. Rele promotion relegation. So so there's basically 10 different divisions mm -hmm. of of English soccer, okay? So an FA Cup is open to every single team in the entire country. Everybody of all divisions, every single one of them are are it's open to all of them. They can all apply, but you have to get approved by the tournament to get in. So automatically all the teams in the first four divisions are all automatically in. And then after that, they get however many want to apply can apply. Okay. And then they just release. So anyway, it's basically like like uh, this year I think like four hundred something teams applied. For in the in, in England, just it's just in England, and there was like four hundred different teams that applied for this. Okay, so I I don't remember exactly how many get into the qualifying. I think it's pretty close to pretty much all of them. But and it goes into qualifying rounds, and and there's I think there's eight different qualifying rounds. Anyway, before you get to a semifinals and then a final, but the way these qualifying rounds are set up, there's no bracket. Okay, they just put every team. Each round, every single team that's in the round, they draw names out of a hat. And like that's how they decide who's playing against who and where. And 
Nobody knows if they're going to be home or away the next round. They literally draw every name. You don't know who you're playing against. It could be the best team versus best team. It could be the worst team versus the worst team. The best team in the country could be playing at the worst, the smallest team in the country. It Everything's completely random. It, it's, it's, it sounds fascinating. So in all these little small teams, the first few qualifying rounds are just the small teams. The bigger teams don't come into it a little bit until a little bit later. So anyway, so these small teams have a chance to play against each other and get the opportunity to play against some of these bigger teams. And then they actually have an opportunity to possibly host those bigger teams because it's randomized who's the home team. So you, you don't know who you're playing against. You could be playing against a small team. You could be playing against a big team. You could be on the road at a big place or a really big team could be coming to your home. It's completely random. Everything's 100% random. So it, already you have my attention. I'm like, whoa, this sounds fun. Just imagine if March Madness was set up like that. <laughs> okay. So anyway, there is this team. There's a team called Maidstone United. Okay. It's a tiny little semi-pro team. The semi-pro meaning like all these players that are on this team, they're not really making money to play. They all have full-time jobs. Okay. Yeah. They're all like they're they're baker, they're bakers or teachers or anyway, they're just they're just there. And that they play they play soccer together. They they won their first round against a small team, won a second round against a small team. Third round, playing against a little bit bigger team, won again. Like, whoa. This, and th- this team is in the 10th division, the smallest division in the entire country. So they got past the first two rounds, which is already a big accomplishment for them. Third round, they're playing against a team that's probably in like the fifth or sixth division. No, probably, probably like the sixth division. Win again. And everybody's like, whoa. And then the fifth, the, I think it was the fifth round. They're, they were playing against a, not one of the top four divisions, but probably the fifth division, a team that's actually a professional team. These guys are paid professionally to play soccer. Okay. That is their full time job. Beat them again. Let me. <laughs> Pull up the stats of this game. The other team they're playing against is called Ipswich Town. Ip- Ipswich Town. That's a dope name. And this other team, dude. Okay, I mean, I'm going to read Possession first. Possession. The other team, 79%. And Maidstown, 21%. Okay, that's the Possession. Shot. Total shot in the game. For Ipswich, 38 shots. Maidstown, two. Ipswich had 13 shots on target. Ipswich had two. Ipswich... Wait, sorry, sorry. Ipswich had 13 shots on target. Maidstown had two. Ipswich had one goal. Maidstown had two. (laughs) It won the game. And now they're in like the sixth round. They don't know who they're drawing yet, but they're playing. They're going to be playing against one of the teams in the first four divisions. Is this televised? That in ESPN, I think it's on on ESPN Plus. I think is where you can watch it, bro. bro that goalkeeper must be a yes. The goalkeeper. I can't remember. I don't know. Let's see if we can see saves. I don't see saves on here, but I did. I did hear that the goalkeeper went on like on like the last ten minutes of the game where the other team was getting desperate and just started firing shots at the goal. He went on like a five minute stretch where he saved like seven shots in five minutes. Like just shots on target like crazy. So let me tell you some other things about Maidstown. Maidstown is this little town in England. Or Maidstone. Maidstone, sorry. Maidstone is a little town in England. And this little community is mostly Cameroonian people. People from Cameroon that are living there as like what do you call people that moved uh, refugees? They're kind of like refugees from Cameroon. And it's mostly Cameroonians that are living there. So the majority of this soccer team is Cameroon people. 
<laughs> He's running through this FA Cup and beating all these guys, bro. It's so funny to read about this. I, I haven't actually got to go back and like watch the highlights of this game, but I'm going to. I'm going to go watch this because it sounds fascinating. Yeah. So I want you all to think about March Madness and if it was set up like this, where everything was completely random. Teams were hosting, but you didn't know who was hosting. Just imagine a team like Kentucky going to play like at ETSU, East Tennessee State University. That'd be like I just this this format. I know it's set up to where it, it's completely random, and the best teams probably aren't going to win. But that sounds like the most entertaining format to a tournament I've ever I've ever heard of in my life. That's that is fantastic, dude. Like an ETSU would be a bigger team, and like yeah, like I'm talking like this team. Maidstone would be more like a, gosh, I can't even, I don't even know if I know a team like that would be this small, but like a Northern Kentucky or like teams that are just barely in Division One. The thing is, bro, like, I mean, obviously March Madness will never do this, but I'm just saying like, you can't deny the entertainment value would be out of this world. 1,000%. Yes. Maybe it's because like I, I haven't watched a lot of soccer. I just feel like in a situation like that, the talent differential would be just so massive. You could not do something. That's what they would say about this too. The, the talent differential. So like the, it, it would, it, it would take something crazy like this. Sometimes in basketball, those shots just aren't going in. Yeah. Like sometimes you could shoot, you could be shooting yeah. the best shots in the world. And sometimes it's just not falling. Basketball is the sport that is most likely to be an upset compared to any other sport. Period. Uh, Unless it's the NBA. It could be basketball. I mean, it could be baseball. I mean, baseball, sometimes you can be drilling the baseball and it just goes right to people. And if you have an elite, if you have one elite pitcher as the underdog, you have a chance. But, but anyway, basketball, if it's not the most likely for an upset, it's one of the most likely. So it would be entertaining. It's never going to happen, but I did hear somebody talking about it. And it's like, what if we keep March Madness as is? But what if we put in like a five round little thing at the beginning of the season in like November that, that we do this in college basketball? That would be so fun, dude. Like it really, really would. That would be Kentucky would suck at that hurt. Yeah, Kentucky wouldn't be very actually Kentucky's very good on the road, actually. Their their fan base technically does better on the road than they do at home. Yeah. But, but anyway, it, it would be so fun to watch like these little bitty schools hosting like some of these bigger schools like i would be it would be so entertaining dude I, it would be so fun it would take a lot to make this happen obviously but it, yeah i i'm 100 convinced that it would be fantastic for the yeah. sport i don't think it'll ever happen no but it'd be no cool. that would be that so would cool. never, never so maidstone their next match i don't think they play again until like the middle of february it's like could you, you go a long time in between playing these things that's a long time because they're all playing like their regular season stuff too yeah like at this time like they're playing their like regular season stuff so mm-hmm. like they go like weeks in between these between these rounds for this stuff so anyway the next time they're playing dude i'm gonna try to i'm gonna try to watch it gosh man that just sounds fantastic and i can't wait to go watch highlights from this game but but anyway yeah all these players not all of them, but a good portion of them are from Cameroon, you know. And I love watching Cameroon play soccer anyway. Cameroon has a very fun style. Like, they're, they're just chaotic, bro. It's fantastic. But this team, it seems like this team wasn't playing very chaotic. They were playing very defensive. Gosh, Ipswich had 11 corner kicks as well. And Maidstone had zero. <laughs> no corner kicks. Same. They had, like, no stats and got two goals. It's crazy. What 
what's crazy to me though is like wow they were playing defensive the whole time but they're they still got destroyed in time of possession like i well, that's what happens when you play defensive. You know, you're not trying to get possession. You just let them pass the ball around all they want to. Yeah, but I feel like you would be passing the ball around too. Mm-hmm. If that makes it just passing so, it back. So I haven't seen the highlights, but my understanding of what I was what I was listening to about this game is they were playing counterattack. So as soon as the other team lost possession, or as soon as that their goalkeeper got a save and threw it back in, they, they were charged. they were instantly charging up the other the other side of the field as fast as possible. They were literally sprinting, and if they lost possession, who cares? We're going to try to get down the field before they do. Like that's basically they were playing. They were packing it in, and as soon as they got possession, they were just sprinting straight down the field. So, which if you're the underdog, is a very is probably your most likely chance of winning the game. It's playing like that. Their coach is going to get hired somewhere. Yeah, he's also from Cameroon. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I, I, that was just absolutely fascinating, and I wanted to bring that up. So I feel like soccer. By the way, they were playing at Ipswich, and on the draw for the next round, they had an opportunity to possibly be hosting one of these teams, but they're on the road again, unfortunately. So. So anyway, it would be really funny to see one of these. Just like literally the metal bleachers as they're saying. Yeah, I think I think I somebody I think I heard the guy say that their home stadium can only fit twelve hundred people. That's fantastic. So, which is just itty bitty. Like that's like a most high school basketball gym. That's literally like a high school gym. Yeah, which I mean, and this is outdoor, so you should be able to fit more. But yeah, it's that's itty bitty. But anyway, all right. That's all I had to say about the off-topic from the conference championship games, but I just wanted to bring that stuff up today. That was interesting. So, anyway, let's get to the football games. First up is Chiefs at Ravens. Chiefs win 17-10. to I want to ask you guys both. I'll ask Tanner first. We'll, we'll get into more details about the game and individual plays and stuff later, but right off the bat... Don't go into too much detail because we'll talk about it. But did the Chiefs win this game or did the Ravens lose this game? Ravens lost it. 100%. Ravens lost it. Okay. Um, Don't go into too much detail. We'll get to it. Yeah. But you can you can make one point real quick. The, the biggest, it's the discipline factor that stands out to me the most of why they lost this game. Got it. I'll go into a little more. I'll go into a little more detail about it, obviously, later. But, like, look, man, I mean... You just, you can't, I don't know if I want to say this now or I want to save it. I'll I'll save it. Then you go ahead. But like, to me, the biggest, I personally feel like the Ravens lost this game. Okay. Ben, did the Chiefs win or did the Ravens lose? My answer is the Chiefs really wanted to lose this game. They really tried their hardest to lose. And the Ravens just said, nah, you're going to win. So that that's what happened. The Ravens lost it, I guess, would be my technical answer. But the Chiefs really, really wanted to lose. But they just didn't. Yeah, I, I, I think the same thing. I think the Ravens lost the game. Going off of what Tanner said about the discipline factor, th- th- it shocks me. A John Harbaugh coach team having that lack of discipline shocked me big time. Tanner, I'll let you. I'll let you pour into more of what you're thinking. Uh, yeah, man. Well, the perfect the perfect explanation is the perfect explanation for the discipline factor is the unsportsmanlike on Zay Flowers. Yeah, like, dude, you you that is your 
that right there was a silver platter moment for the Ravens in that game, especially how the second half was going. That was a silver platter moment. And especially in a game like this, like I, I touched on it. I, I, it, I, I really agree with what you were saying about Harbaugh. Like, he's got to take the brunt of this, bro. Because going into this game, like I said, am I saying everything is rigged? No, I'm not doing that. Okay, I'm not saying it's rigged. I mean, the, but, the, the but, penalties were legit penalties. Yeah, but I will say, I will say this. If it comes to a close flag, a if it comes to one of those flags that could swing either way, they're going to throw it. I'm sorry, they're gonna throw it. Like for the Chiefs. They're, yeah, they're go they're going to throw it. Like I literally saw a stat earlier, and like I'll go in on this. Taylor Swift has made the Chiefs and the NFL over three hundred and fifty million dollars in revenue. Right. Like, do you honestly think the NFL does not want the Chiefs? And literally, all I have seen today on social media was how she's freaking making it from Japan to Las Vegas after her show. <laughs> I literally am about to lose my mind. So, like, that is all I've seen. So, the NFL wants to see the Chiefs mm -hmm. in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, the Ravens have to... And, and if I'm John Harbaugh, I am just drilling this into their head if there was ever a game where you need to have a perfect game from a discipline standpoint, it's this game, bro. Yep. You are not getting the benefit of the doubt when it comes to flags. Going off of the Zay Flowers thing, like, it was the right call. I'm sorry. That was the right call. Like, the the spinning the ball and standing over him, like... Well, he just he pushed him down. The pushdown. Like, what are you thinking, Zay? you're not even going to get away with so, that in college so you're not even going to get away with that in high school bro like at any level of football you're not going to get away with that and at that moment of the game yeah. you make a blunder of that nature like come on bro like it's simple stuff like even the even the the rough in the passer they called when Patrick Mahomes was trying to run up the middle. Yeah. That one, well, that that was my thing. Like it's, I think it's that was unfortunate. It's another one of those penalties that, in my personal opinion, it can go either way. I feel like it was unfortunate. I don't feel like he was trying to do that. I feel like he was just trying to throw his arm out, right. and it just hit Pat Nailman. It was more incidental. With the but rule, there, it doesn't matter if it was an accident. I know, but there, that's kind of what I was gonna say. Like. They're gonna throw a flag like that. You could say that he was being held though yeah, before he, he was back because yeah. that's the only reason he couldn't get off the block. Yeah. But my my thing with the Zay Flowers penalty for the personal foul was I don't have as big of a problem with the push down as most people do because the guy was holding he on to it. He would not have got the penalty if that's yeah. all it was. Yeah. So yeah. Like the push down, I don't have as big of a problem with because the Kansas City player was like holding on to his I'll, leg. I'll. And he was, the Kansas City Chiefs were trying to get in the Ravens' head and force them to do stupid stuff. And it worked. That's what happened. Like yeah. from before they even did the kickoff, the Chiefs were trying to get in the Ravens' head and they got in their head. And it completely yeah. messed with them. And the Ravens felt like they needed to get back at him and do this and do that. Like, just play football and do, talk smack about winning the game. That's how you shut them up. You win the game. 
But Zay Flowers in that moment, you can't stand over him, spin the ball, and then flex. Like, that you are going to get a penalty one million out of one million times. Like, if there's one ref on the field, he's throwing the penalty from all the way across the field. Like, you just can't do that. I'm sorry, bro. In this game, in, in this game, I don't know if I agree with the fact that even if it was the pushdown, that it wouldn't have been called. I genuinely Man. think in this game, even with the pushdown, they still would have thrown. I don't think that it could, would have. Yeah, that I, kind of I, stuff I happened. Because Ben's right. The Chiefs guy was holding on to his leg. I think the referee probably would have said something to Zay, like, hey, relax, take it easy. And he, I don't think he would have done a flag. But the pushdown and then the standover and, and flex. The flex the ball. Yeah, like, dude. He just did too many things right there. You have to throw that flag. Along with what you were saying about the Taylor Swift raising raising money, no. Generating $330, $350 million worth of revenue for the Chiefs and the NFL. Yeah, do I think the NFL was rooting for the Chiefs to make it to the Super Bowl? I do. But the unfortunate thing is the Ravens did so many stupid things in this game that we can't even say that yeah. the red game was rigged. Because the Ravens did so many dumb things that we don't even we didn't even get an opportunity to, to see the NFL in that position. Like yeah. that they, the Ravens literally didn't even put them in that position. So the the loss was just straight up on the Ravens, just straight up. It yeah. was straight up on the Ravens. It has nothing to do with the NFL. Has nothing to do with the officials. Now, if it came to that point at the end of the game, would they have made those calls? Maybe I don't know. We didn't even get to that point because the Ravens were so stupid. So, do I think the NFL actually would have rigged the game at the end? I don't. Do I think in a, in a, the NFL officials subconsciously would like make a call that would lead to the Chiefs making? I also don't think that either because I don't think the officials care who are, who's in the Super Bowl, to be honest. I don't think they care at all. And I don't think an official either, I don't think they're going to get in trouble with the NFL if they don't make the kind of calls the NFL wants, like with the right team. I don't, I don't buy the fact that these NFL officials would get in trouble for that. Like, like let's say, it was the end of the game, and the Ravens are throwing up uh, like a 40-yard bomb to try to get in field goal range, and there's an obvious pass interference. Do I think an NFL official would get in trouble for throwing a pass interference against the Chiefs right there in that situation? No, I don't think he would. Now, some there's some people out there that would legitimately think they would. I don't buy that. Is it possible? Maybe. I don't think so, though. Do I think the NFL was rooting for the Chiefs? Yes, I do. Do I think the NFL actually would have done something about it? I don't think they would have, but I'm not going to call somebody that says they would. I'm not going to call that person crazy or psycho because it's possible, but I personally don't think that that is the case, but maybe. I don't know. The point is, the Ravens Raven just lost the game bef before we even got to that point. With how they're no. pushing, with the, my thing is, with how they're pushing other stuff and the outside, it, it literally, dude, I... If anybody, I'll tell y'all the perfect scenario, okay? If there is anybody that wants to watch the Super Bowl but doesn't want to remember it because of basically how everybody knows what's going to happen, turn it into a drinking game, okay? Every time Taylor Swift's on the TV, take a shot. Oh, yeah. I guarantee you, you're not going to remember yeah, that game. You won't remember. Because you know every single, bro, I guarantee every when she first arrives they're going to show her at the end of every quarter they're going to show her they'll probably show her at halftime every Travis Kelsey reception they're going to show her if it's a touchdown holy cow bro it's going to be all over like we look guys we already know how this is going to go yeah. so like if there was and i say that to say 
if there was ever a situation where I would back somebody having that opinion, right? It would be this one. Yeah, one hundred percent. It would be that's fair because the NFL. I, I mean, it, it, this is a genuine question, guys. Have you all seen anything on social media about this game that doesn't have anything to do with Patrick Mahomes, Taylor Swift, or Travis Kelsey? Literally, they made a post about freaking. I want to say Bruce, but I know that's not right. I'm so hot. Andy Reid. Andy Reid. Thank you. They literally made a post about Andy Reid pointing at Taylor Swift. Yeah, that was a. Give me a break, bro. Strange. Like, come on. Have any of you guys legitimately seen anything on social media about this game that does not involve Taylor Swift or Travis Kelsey? I feel like I saw one post somewhere that was talking about Lamar Jackson picking the bad day to have a bad. Thinking about the Chiefs from the Chiefs aspect. Oh, no. Yeah, definitely not the Chiefs. Like, it's just, it's. Actually, I did see somebody crediting for Marcus Valdez Scantling stepping up. Uh, somewhere. I don't remember where I saw that, but yeah. But and Kadarius Tony. Everybody's talking about the Kadarius Tony thing. He didn't play. Well, that that's why. Because they ruled him, they ruled him with the injury, and then he yeah. came out and said, Well, what injury? Basically saying he wasn't. Yeah. So which I mean, dude. Speaking of which, Kadarius, I think that was dumb on his part because the Chiefs coming out and saying you were injured, they were trying to protect you, bro. They're trying to protect you from just saying, hey, we just benched, we just basically didn't put him on the roster because he sucks. They were trying to protect him from that. And like he just came out and didn't let them do that. Yeah. So that's dumb on his part, but whatever. The Zay Zay Flowers, man. I love, love, love Zay Flowers. Okay. I've 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 loved him since the first time I saw him play a college football game. And that that taunting penalty was just completely unacceptable. We've already discussed that. Yep. And the play at the goal line that he fumbled into the end zone. Yeah. He you already had a first down, dude. I'm okay with you diving for the end zone, but you cannot expose that ball. You were not in a desperate situation where you got to score on that play. You dive to the end zone, but you've got to keep that thing tucked to your chest, bro. You can't reach that out to where it can get punched like you did. I mean, that play that play really like if if he doesn't fumble that ball, man, we could be talking about a completely different football game from what ended up happening. Because the Chiefs were not moving the football the entire second half. They could. If not. there was any offense in the game, it was because of tra- and I, the first I'm, half was. In I, I don't know if I told you guys this, but like, well, I I kind of did because the only one that hit on the pants squad parlay. Well, you did miss on the you one, missed one as well. But I hit one. What did you guys hit? You got to hit both of them. For what the did you guys hit? Well, you were on. You were and on. Y'all were saying I was the one that said Travis Kelsey plus seven. You know, like whoa, what? Like yeah, acting like okay. that was crazy. Dude, I mean, my man had eleven. It was crazy. He had eleven receptions, he, he, which is ridiculous. I never said anything about seven and a half being crazy. I I Brandon still say it's it. crazy. I still say it. And I was the only one that hit one. That's a lot. He literally had ten before halftime. Yeah, that's nine. he had nine and a half time. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. Like. This, by the way, this second half of this game was like the worst half of football I've seen this entire NFL season. It was the they were that was three points scored. That was terrible. It was a It was so bad. The Chiefs had like seventy yards of total offense the entire half. That's insane. And the Ravens had like two hundred fifty yards and had three points for it because they're a bunch of idiots. The my thing with this is like. 
the Chiefs just won this game from a purely mental standpoint. Yeah. Like, they got under the Ravens' skin, yeah. and I can say that it started before the game even started, but this has been a multi-year thing, honestly, I feel like, because Lamar and the Ravens' offense were so terrified that that they were going against the Chiefs. They felt an unnecessary amount of pressure, I feel like, that they had to score every single time, and if they didn't score super fast or they didn't put up a ton of points every possession, like they were going to lose the game. And that was just not the case because, for one, this Kansas City offense isn't the same offense that they've had for the past two years. And right. the Ravens' defense played lights out. Oh, they wow. played so good. Kyle Hamilton is that guy, bro. Yeah. He is that dude. And I I called for him to have a big game, and he did, but he, Lamar just panicked. Zay Flowers panicked. Odell tried not to panic, but he couldn't Mark, really get the ball. Because, Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely were no show. Dude, Mark Andrews dropped the ball so many times. They like, just didn't show up to do? play. Yeah. I mean, holy cow. I do I want to ask you guys. So the Justin Tucker thing before the game with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, like they they got into it before the game, kicking Justin Tucker's footballs out of the way, throwing his helmet, and just saying some trash back to Justin Tucker or whatever. So, so uh, I want to ask you, Tanner, what do you think was going on? Like, what, wh- what is, who is the antagonizer in this? And wh- like, See, what do you I, think, what do you think, who do you think was in the wrong? And how do you think the people should have approached it? See, I don't know. Like, I, I don't feel like I can answer that fairly because the video that I saw, I don't know what's going on leading up to that. Oh, like, yeah, I don't, don't know, know if. I don't know if, but by the video, what I'm assuming happened, because it looks like Justin Tucker is like, and well, obviously, like he's stretched. It looks like he's been out there for a while. So I don't know if the Chiefs came out and just kind of took that territory and they were like, we're going here or what? And just try. I don't know, man. It. I don't really know where I was going with that. But yeah. I, I just, I don't know. There's so much about this video that, I didn't see, and I I just don't know. But it it came honestly, man. To me, it came across as really childish. Like yeah, I just to yeah, me personally, I it just came that. across as like like really, man. Like I, I mean, you're kicking it, you're kicking his stuff, you're throwing like yeah. I understand, like you know, it may be in the way. Some I, I want to say they're doing it for like it's in the way somebody could like I don't know trip on it, hurt themselves, or just just something of that nature. But it did not come across to me as a situation like that. It honestly came across to me like it was more of a bully big dog situation. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, that, that, and like you could that's you could that's that. just I I just I don't know, man. Like I just don't. Ben, what do you think is going on with the kicker? Let me say this really quick: with a kicker like Justin Tucker, I don't like that because, dude, that man could be a Hall of Famer. Legit, I mean, he is a like Hall he Famer. is a Hall of Famer. Like. You don't do that. You don't big dog Justin Tucker. Like, if it's like a first or second, but Justin Tucker, bro, you don't do that. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I I have mixed emotions on this one just because from the video, it looks like Kansas City was warming up on that side of the field. Like, they were in their end zone warming up on that side of the field. And 
Justin Tucker just decided that he was going to set his stuff up and stretch right in the middle of them, which is just asking for something to happen on Justin Tucker's part. Like, that's just stupid. Why would you put yourself in that position? But then, for especially because of who it was doing it, it was Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, like, specifically going out of their way to mess with his stuff. Like, let a coach take care of that. Let let someone on the coaching staff go grab his stuff and move it out of the way. Yeah, like, for it to be your two biggest players having that kind of, honestly, like Tanner said, a childish reaction to it. Like, Justin Tucker shouldn't have been there from what it looks like. And it was stupid of him to be there because he's just asking for something to happen. But for Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey to be the ones to act on that and act as childishly as they did, it just doesn't look good for anybody. Like, that doesn't look good on the NFL the NFL doesn't want that stuff out there. Like that's not the kind of stuff that we want to be putting into entertainment. If that makes sense, I, I found it pretty entertaining. I didn't. I I just thought it was stupid. Dan, on really, like, really quick. I just want to say one thing, really quick. The only thing that, like, the only thing I want, I just don't look, man. Justin T- Justin Tucker's a vet. How long has he been in the league right now? Probably around ten years. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's the only thing that I don't know if I agree with people saying that Justin Tucker came into their warm-up spot. Like, I don't know if he did. Bro, I'm sorry. I do not see a 10-year vet like Justin Tucker doing something or putting himself in that situation. I'm sorry, man. I just, I don't buy that. What I think happened, he was lying there. He was on maybe the other side of the field warming up away from possibly the team and then the chiefs come out to do their warm up with justin tucker being there right that's probably the most likely situation what what i think was going on i think you're on the right lines here yeah what what i what i what what i think happened like tanner said we don't have video of everything that was going there's what i think happened i think justin tucker is out there kicking field goals before both teams come out to warm up, I think he's out there kicking field goals on both sides of the field because he wants to he wants to kick it on both sides. Yeah. So he's in he ends up on that side and is kicking field goals. And then right when the Chiefs decide to come out is right when he decides to start stretching. And then when the Chiefs come out, they're telling him, "Hey, we're about to start warming up." And he's like, "Okay, okay, give me a second. Let me finish stretching real quick. Let me finish stretching." And then like his he's taking his sweet time to stretch, and he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna I, I'm not gonna let them hurry me up. I'm gonna fully stretch, and I'm gonna." do what I need to do. I'm going to fully stretch here. In the meantime, he probably realized, ah, I try to hold him up for a second and see if I can mess with him a little bit. Justin Tucker's a kind of squirrely guy, you know? So he's, he's like, I'll just take my sweet time stretching right here. So he just keeps, he just keeps stretching. And all of a sudden the chiefs start getting frustrated with him. I was like, bro, get out of our way. And he's like, give me a sec. I'm not done stretching yet. Hold on. And then, and then Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey just decide. He's trying to get in our head, and we're not going to let the, let him do that. We're about to we're we're going to show him that we're the ones that are running this show right now. And like like mm-hmm. and then and then they kind of go in a childish way about it, about making it seen about it. I think that they could have done it in a way to where I think Patrick Mahomes. I agree with Ben. Let a coach handle it. But if Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey wanted to do it themselves, they could have handled it in a way to where it wasn't as big of a show. They wanted to make it a show. That, that's the most the thing, most annoying thing about Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey over the past year is they're making everything a show. And the NFL, 
Yes, it's a show, man. But the thing that all the NFL fans love about it is it's always been genuine. And Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey don't feel genuine right now. Even with the way they were doing Justin Tucker, none of that felt genuine. That felt like a show. They were putting on a show mm-hmm. trying to show everybody Justin Tucker is not going to get in our head. We're, we're the ones that are running this. So that's the annoying thing about it. Justin Tucker, do I think he was trying to get in their head a little bit? Yeah, I do. Do I think he intentionally went to their side of the field to do that? No. I think he just happened to be there. And then once the Chiefs came out, he was like, hey, I'm, I might as well take a couple extra minutes right here. That's what I think happened. So Justin Tucker tried to get in their head a little bit. Seeing a little bit in the wrong there? Yeah. Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, should they have made a bigger show about it? No. Could Do I think Patrick Mahomes has the right to go up there and tell him to get the F off of his side of the field? Yeah, I think Patrick Mahomes probably has the right to do that. But making a show, throwing the helmet, kicking the footballs, like a, a kick, Patrick Mahomes kicked his tee out of the way. I mean, come on, bro. Like, for, you don't got to do all that. For me, it's just bad sportsmanship on both sides. And I, I don't want to see that. So you said it was entertaining. I, I just don't find it. So, like, it's just bad sportsmanship on both sides. It, look, if a kicker if a kicker wants to go out early and kick on both sides of the field, field goal post before the teams come out to warm up, I'm completely fine with that. But once the teams come out, each team has their own side of the 50, and you cannot cross that 50-yard line. That you're, You have your half, and they have their half. Do not cross the 50-yard line, period. You, you cannot be there. So if he, if he wanted to kick on the other field goal, I understand that. And if he if he goes out early to do that, that's completely fine. But once the other team is out there, you cannot cross that fifty yard line anymore. The only thing, the only pushback with that that makes me think he hadn't started kicking yet was how. Well, I can't even say that because if he put his stuff down the stretch, he wouldn't have his tee on like a five yard line. Why would? No, I'm not saying that, yeah. but just how everything was lined up. But I was about to say, I mean, even I think he had been out there. Another thing is, why would you stretch after you already kicked? Uh, the kickers stretch all the time, Ben. They're always stretching. I know, but I'm saying like he was doing like a full pre-game like stretch. We don't know. After, like I, I'm, I would not be surprised if they do if he does that before and after each time he look, bro. Justin Tucker knocked a 66 yarder in and made it look effortless. That man can stretch whenever he wants. He did not make that look effortless. It bounced off the crossbar. Well, okay, let's relax. Still, but like <laughs> after. After the play clock, it's like a 67, <laughs> actually, or something so like that. So there's a 67 on So anyway, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I do agree with Ben that that shouldn't be happening. Mm. I found it amusing just because I like to laugh at Patrick Mahomes and I thought he looked like an idiot. So I kind of enjoyed, I, would, I didn't enjoy it from the point of like, Oh man, they're showing Justin Tucker's who's boss. No, I, I, I enjoyed it because I thought Patrick Mahomes looked like an idiot. So I thought I, I thought it was funny, but but yeah, it probably it it really shouldn't be happening because you're not supposed to be over there. If you're just not, they're already, dude. That I I told you it was gonna happen, bro. He hasn't even won this Super Bowl. They're already making goat talk. Uh, I told you it was gonna yeah, happen. I mean, look, I, I to told be honest, you dude, it's gonna happen right now. I I can't blame them though. I I can't fight too hard against that right now, even though he hasn't earned that title yet he has earned the conversation to be honest as much as i hate it i think he's earned the conversation he has earned the title tom brady still got that by a good little gap but patrick mahomes has started his career off so well that he's earned the right for there to be a conversation right now 
about what could what it could look like in a few years. He, I think he he's earned the right. I, I just like Patrick Mahomes is fantastic as far as his skill level. Obviously, I'm not shocking anyone by saying that. I do not understand why quarterbacks are so selfish with their money, dude. Like, literally, if you just accept a little bit less money, your team is way better, and then you make more money off of endorsements and stuff because your team is great, and you still get all the credit for it. So, like Tom Brady. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes is making a ton of endorsement money right now. Tom Brady made a ton of endorsement money, is still making a ton of endorsement money, is making big contracts after he's done playing because he was so good while he was playing because his team was so good. Like. Accept a little bit less money, yeah. you're still financially sound for the rest of your life as long as you're not an absolute moron. And then your team is way better. You're having more fun playing because you have better talent around you and you're going further and more people are talking about you. Like it's literally a win, 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 win. You just win. Man, I want to push back on that. Go do it. Do it. Please, I don't understand what the pushback. I, I don't name one negative comment about a quarterback accepting less money, allowing his team. I'm to not. Be no, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Okay, I'm not. Well, what's the point? Please, I'll I'm have to hear right. what you have. I'm all for players wanting to get their money. Oh, of course, but like, there's ways. That and, and the Dak, the Dak Prescott situation back in, I think it was twenty, either twenty twenty, twenty twenty one. That was the perfect example, bro, of if you can get your money, if you can get your big contract, do it. Because so, the Cowboys kind of made him bet on himself. And, I mean, the dude literally just fractures his ankle and misses the rest of the season. Yes, he got his contract before that. but in, I thought he got it after he fractured his ankle. He got it after. Got it after. But if you look at that situation. And he got he an wanted, insane amount but, of money. But, but what, what I'm saying. This is a bad example. What I'm saying is, okay, what I'm saying is, like, I understand it. The Tom Tom Brady effect, okay? Like, I I understand what you're saying. Because Tom Brady is the reason that's even a conversation, if we're being honest, okay? But the situation of a lot of guys are not going to want to step on the field. And, And I get the argument. I, I see it both ways. I see the whole Tom Brady thing with taking the discount can help the team, but I also see the aspect of, bro, if you can get your money and you can get top dollar, freaking do it. Because a lot of guys are going to want that guaranteed money, and it's because of that Dak Prescott so, situation, man. Because Jerry Jones did not want to pay him. They did not want to pay him what he was asking, so they franchise tagged him. Yeah. So he played that year on a franchise tag, Literally fractured his ankle, so he's lucky to have got the contract he that still year. got paid. I know, but that's what I'm saying. He's lucky he still got to overpaid. Have yeah, he's lucky to have got that contract. I don't because so, when I, you're playing on when you're playing on a franchise tag like that, like you're, you're you're betting on yourself pretty much. Like and and he wanted the money, they wouldn't pay him. They made him pay on the franch play on the franchise tag. Literally, I mean, that's why Lamar Jackson didn't want to play unless he got his money because he didn't want to play or he didn't want to play on a franchise tag and end up going in that kind of situation. My pushback against that is 
Part of the reason they're taken in the first round is the ability for the team to franchise tag them because that's uh-huh. such a you, big... You can't franchise tag anybody at any round. I thought yeah, you, you had... Oh, no, no that's, that's the fifth-year fifth option, option yeah. you're thinking about. So, but, so, so I, the, I feel like the Dak Prescott example is just a terrible example for you to use because I think that's an exact example on why you should not pay quarterback high dollar. I think he's a perfect example of like, why, like this is a lesson that we've learned. Like, do not pay quarterback. No, Deshaun Watson is the right. Well, that's the extreme. Like, that one's so extreme, it's not even worth talking about. Okay. Everybody understands that. Let's, Instead of talking about the negative sides of all these overpaying contracts, yeah. let's talk about how, like, yeah, I don't like Patrick Mahomes, but Patrick Mahomes set his contract up yeah. perfectly. Yes. He signed a long, yes. huge term extension. Very team-friendly. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm committed to this team. You all are committed to me for multiple, multiple years, and I don't want to be the top-paid quarterback. Just keep me in the top. Which in like at the time at the, at the time he was the top ten. Yeah. But, but but he but he knew it was getting past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so and they're upping him what they both feel fair. It's not like they're keeping him at that contract. Like I'm pretty sure they've already renegotiated it once to re up yeah. it. They restructure like, it every, they they restructure it every year so they can sign the people they want to sign. Yeah. yeah. So like he ex- still is being paid as like a top five quarterback, I'm pretty sure, which is fantastic. But he did it in such a way that, like, the team has flexibility to still build pieces around him. But he's also still committed long-term. Like, if he gets hurt this season, he's still getting paid for eight to seven more seasons. Even if he never plays football again. So, like, he set it up to protect himself and to let the team have flexibility. Both. It's fantastic. Like, if you're a— That is the the, most—this Patrick Mahomes current contract is the most fair— like team to player contract I've ever seen. Yeah. It's perfect. It's so good for both sides. It was very well done. Very smart by Patrick Mahomes. Very smart by the Chiefs. It was it was really good all the way around. So I don't think anybody fleeced anybody. You were this. literally just like last week or the week before using his contract as an example of why the Chiefs wouldn't make it to this. I, I, I gave it. I said that was the reason why their team isn't as good now is because he's making more money now. That's that's exactly what it was. Why? Which is true. He's making more money, so the team they don't have as good of a roster as they did whenever he was on his rookie contract. Because you just nobody's going to play for the same money they played on the rookie contract. Why are the 49ers so good? Brock Purdy is literally being paid (laughs) under a million dollars to play quarterback, and and he's good. Even when it was Jimmy Garoppolo, they weren't paying Jimmy Garoppolo top three quarterback. And so the rest of their team is just full of studs. Literally at every position, it's just amazing player, amazing player, amazing player. So like, yeah. That's why the 49ers are there. The they reason, have good scheme, good quarterback, and yeah. studs everywhere. The reason so. why they were able to trade for Christian McCaffrey and pay for Christian McCaffrey what he's worth is because Brock. And pay Debo, too, because and they had to pay Debo during that time yeah. also. So, because otherwise you're not paying a running back like that. No yeah. way. But anyway, I am happy for Christian McCaffrey. I'm happy, I'm happy yeah. Christian McCaffrey's in the Super Bowl. So. Yeah. So, anyway, the, the Chiefs are there. I don't. I don't think any of us can say they don't deserve it. I, I think they do deserve it, but I don't know. Hey, who won the bet, by the way? Or who won that? You both did. Me I, and you. I lost it. Ben lost. Okay, to be fair, I would just like a small caveat of I would have picked the Rams if I knew they were available, but I didn't pay attention. That's <laughs> my fault. So, yeah. So, that's too bad, Ben. Yeah. I would have won in the first round if I knew the Rams were available. That's unfortunate. <laughs> well, Ben's the loser. 
There's a little. Something. I'm excited to do that next year, where we're like each starting week one, like we each pick one team, yeah. week one. <laughs> that, that'll be a lot more. That'll be insane. Yeah, that'll All be right. fun. Let's move on. Let's move okay. to games. Next game, Lions at 49ers. 49ers win 34. Wait, wait. Well, before we move on to this game, I want to talk about the play in the Ravens and Chiefs. The, the, the Lamar Jackson tip catch to like pass to himself. That's a fan. Caught it in stride. I thought he may have broke it for a he second. Was watch, he was watching Mariota tapes like back. This was so much play. better than the Mariota yeah, play. But he was watching tape, bro. <laughs> the, the poor defender, bro, is <laughs> split. A good play. He's on like a corner blitz or maybe an outside linebacker blitz. He wasn't a defensive lineman. So he was on a blitz, sees Lamar trying to make a quick pass, makes a great play, jumps in the air, gets his hand on the ball, literally tracking it in the air, turning lands just running straight backwards to go catch the ball, lays out for it, has his hands under the ball, and then he just Lamar's hands just appear and just take off. Like, could you imagine being that defender, bro? You're like, I just made the best play in my life. I'm about to yeah. get this interception. I'm going to change the game. And then Lamar just catches it and runs for first. Yeah, the defender made, like, the most athletic play I've ever seen, only for it to be topped by maybe the most athletic play I've ever seen. <laughs> athlete on athlete crop that was there. crazy holy cow I literally it was one of those that like I'd literally jumped off the couch with my hands on my head like what in the world dude anyway alright we'll move on now Lions at 49ers 49ers win 34 to 31 halftime the score was what? 27 17. No, 27 7. 24 to 7. 24 to 7. No, 24 to 7 was the halftime. Lions were winning 24 to 7. Yeah, because it was a 17 point lead, and the commentator that was, uh, what? Not commentator, the po- reporter? Analyst? No, it was a reporter at halftime. Yeah. They asked Kyle Shanahan, like, what it was like being down seventeen to zero and how he came back from that. And he, he made it very clear like he didn't straight up call the guy out, but he was like, Yeah, coming back from a seventeen point differential, because it was twenty four to seven. It was not seventeen to zero. Yeah. <laughs> God, yeah, I didn't I didn't catch that. But dude, it was so funny. Yeah. But anyway, the first half, let's we'll talk about the first half first. First half, the the forty ers looked kind of lost. Brock Purdy didn't look good. The defense looked like they were getting exposed. Jared Goff looked incredible, like he could not be stopped. He was hitting everything. David Montgomery was just running through people. Thank you for that. Jameer Gibbs was breaking free. What's the receiver's name? Jamison Williams on the sweep play. Just That was incredible effort on the first touchdown of the game. That was an insane play. I mean, the Lions just looked incredible. Am I anything else you'll notice in the first half? It positive for the lines and negative for the 49ers that I'm missing here. I'm not really going to talk about Jared Goff, but you pretty much already yeah, hit that. Honestly, the Lions came out with the intensity that I expected them to, and their offense was clicking as far as running the ball. Jared Goff was making all the right reads, just great timing, hitting all the windows. The 49ers defense looked concerning too. Like they. They looked like the Eagles' defense, honestly, yeah. just not making tackles. Their secondary looked completely lost. And then coming out of the halftime, it just completely flipped, and it was like, whoa, okay, this is the 49ers' defense. All right. Yeah. 
And honestly, as far as that side of the ball, the, the second half, the 49ers defense and the Lions offense, I really don't even know if it was the 49ers defense. I just saw Jared Goff looking like trash. Well, the in the second the half. The thing that I will say is the 49ers run defense came out hot in the second half. They shut down the run, and after they did that, then it was on Jared Goff, and Jared Goff fell apart. So, yeah. What, what do you what do you, what what do you think happened in the second half, Tanner? Look, I I don't I don't want to torch the guy, bro. I really don't, but I, I really don't want to torch him. Just kick one of those field goals, man. Yeah. Like literally, like that that's just this is a this is the perfect situation in my opinion where I feel like this game was lost on his ego, bro. Literally. Like just kick one of those field goals. If you kick one of those field goals, bro. I, I, so, my thing with this, Dan Campbell lost this game. And I have yeah. no problem saying that. But I also want to make it clear, I think Dan Campbell is a fantastic coach. And I think they win a lot more games because Dan Campbell is the coach of this team yeah. than the games that they lose because Dan Campbell is the coach of this team. Yeah. He is an aggressive coach. He's ballsy. He's going to do questionable things at times that other coaches are too afraid to do. But that's what got them there. So changing it up in that moment is like, is it the right thing to do to kick a field goal? Probably. But he's doing what got them which, there. Which specific, at- which specific moment okay. are you all talking about So as far as you should have kicked the, the field goal? The first time that he went for it, I didn't have that much of a problem with it when it was like 24 to 14 maybe or something at that point whenever they were down three and it's 27 24 you haven't scored in a long time and it's fourth and three from like the 30 dude kick that field goal that's a pretty long field goal man i i don't care dude but like you're literally tying the game getting your first points of the half like if your offense is clicking and you all been doing great off all the coming out of halftime i get it but they literally hadn't scored any points at all after halftime. And it's like, they've moved the ball down the field. They're in field goal range. It's fourth and three. It's not like it's fourth and one. And, like, just get points on the board and tie the game at that point. And then I, that gives your defense a boost. They're ready to go. Like I personally think that your chances of converting fourth and three are about equal to your chances of converting a 47-yard field goal. I get it, but... I, I I think I think it's worth it. And but it's easier to saying that with how Jared Goff was playing and how the ring yeah I mean like, Jared Goff performed poorly. It, it's you're, you're right. easy to say that after the fact. And let's be honest. Well, the fourth and three play actually wasn't even like this. But the fourth down, the first fourth down, Josh Reynolds dropped the ball. Okay, he he did. It wasn't an easy catch, but it hit him in the hands, and he didn't get touched, and he dropped the ball. Like, he had to dive out of his way, but he dropped it. But the second one, it is easy to say that, yeah, you should kick one of those field goals after the fact. I was in favor of him going for the first. When the second one came around, I was literally saying there is no way he's actually going for this before they even, like, after the third down was over. I was like, all right, they're kicking a field goal. There's no way they're going for this. There's no way they're going for this. There's no way they're going for this. They lined up. I'm like, okay, there's no way they're going for this. Maybe they're trying to draw them off sides. They're not actually going for it. 
And then they snapped the ball, and it wasn't even close. Jared Goff ran around and then just threw a duck into the middle of the field pretty much. But, like, it, so I was not a fan of it before they did it. I just, like, if I'm the coach, I'm kicking a field goal there every time, and I am more aggressive. I like an aggressive coach. But at that point, you have to just kick the field goal and tie the game. So, okay, that's fine for those fourth down plays. I, 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 I do want to say this about Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell, I don't think, lost this game for them. I don't think he killed the Lions. So let me put it for you for this analogy. The 49ers put the Lions into the coffin, but Dan Campbell closed the coffin. He sealed the coffin himself at the very end of this game. Whenever they were on the goal line, and it was third down with more than a minute left, and they still had all three of their timeouts. They ran the ball. The one thing you cannot do on that play is run the ball. You cannot run the ball. If you throw an incomplete pass, who cares? The clock stops. You can kick a field goal. It's still a one-possession game. You're in the game. You don't even have to get an onside kick. You have all three timeouts. You just got to prevent them from getting a first down. Now, that's still difficult to do, but you got a chance. The one thing you can't, and I don't know if this was a Dan Campbell decision, or if he gave or if he gave free a complete freedom to the offensive coordinator, I don't know. Whoever's decision it was to run that ball on that play was that was unacceptable. You, you that's the one thing you cannot do. That, that's just atrocious, atrocious game management. I, well, our, our the play, clock management. The play calling in general, bro. Because I think I saw a stat they only ran the ball on second or third down. Four like four times in the entire game. They did it a lot like, in the first half. Did like also they, they they converted a few really long third down plays in the first half like, because they were it may have just been in the second half. Yeah. But like, dude, what I also I want to point out the running the ball on third and goal right there, it was a bad decision in the first place. Like there's no real reason to run the ball right there. I get you're trying to throw them off. They're not ready for it. Literally it didn't work. As a coach, as a team, if you know you're calling a running play right there, you have to accept the fact that if you don't get in, you cannot use one of those timeouts. You just can't. You have to have your field goal team ready and get them on the field as fast as possible. Yes, you're going to have to waste some time to let the defense make audibles, but like you cannot waste one of your timeouts right there. You just cannot. And they used it immediately, and it's like, yeah. At that point, you you, you, lost you, the game. you you literally decided to lose the game at yeah. that moment. You, you conceded at that. Point. Yeah, you yeah you basically forfeited. Yeah, yeah. And as far as clock management goes, I think I've told both of you both of you this personally. I don't think I've ever said it on the podcast. I'm not kidding, dude. Every kid that grew up playing Madden is better at clock management than the NFL coaches are. Like I, I'm dead. I'm literally not exaggerating. I actually don't even think I've ever heard you say that before. So maybe if you grew uh, up playing Madden, if you if you played Madden through the times from five to fifteen years old, you're better at clock management than NFL coaches are. I, I'm dead serious. They are a. Tr- it makes no sense. It, it, you you, I, you gain a huge advantage in Madden with time of possession and just controlling the clock. Uh, you can manipulate yeah. it so much, and it like. Honestly, you can do it more on Madden than you can in real life, which is just mind-blowing to think about. But in real life, that plays such a big part that people just don't talk about is time management and being able to control the clock and when, like, at what times you score, when to be aggressive, when not to be aggressive. Like, yeah. it, 
It's such a there's specific deal. time periods that it makes sense that you want to score right now, and there's other little points of the clock that you really shouldn't score yet. You need to wait, or you need to score really quickly. Which, you know, uh, was it the Browns that came back from being down a ton, or did they give up a huge lead? What are you talking about? Like this was last year. There was a game that the Browns literally won. And I think they were winning by a bunch. I forgot who they were playing. But Nick Chubb scored a touchdown with like three minutes left in the fourth quarter or something like that to put them up like 17 or something like that. Put them up three possessions. But the other team ended up winning that game because they got a chance. As where if Nick Chubb had just went down, then they would have won. I think it was later in the game than that. And it it puts them up by one possession. I think they were losing by like one or two points, and they could have kicked a field goal with like 20 seconds to go. Maybe. And they did it, and they he scored a touchdown. And it, instead of them being able to kick a field goal with zeros on the clock, the other team got the ball back with like 20 or 30 seconds, and the other team ended up winning the game because of it. That's what you're talking about. I do remember that now. Yeah. But yeah, like, and I to be fair, I think the coach did not want him to score. Okay. Yeah. I don't think that was a coaching problem. I think Nick Chubb just made a mistake. But I, I but, but in general though, there are some NFL coaches that are really good at clock management, but there are not many. Most of them are really really bad at it. Like just not not just not good, like disastrous, like terrible terrible decisions. Like anyway, and I'm not I want to make it clear, I wasn't being hyperbole. Okay? I, I was not being hyperbolic. That's the correct word. I was not being hyperbolic there. I legitimately think any kid that grew up playing Madden is a better clock manager than NFL coaches are. I'm I'm just dead serious on that. And I, I see too many examples that prove me right on that. I mean, it's 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 a disaster, dude. It really, really, it's really bad. All right, we need to give some credit to some 49ers now. Brock Purdy, even though he didn't have a great first half, the dude came out balling in the second half. Just absolute stud. Dude, I, I haven't seen him. He has not shown that his his legs as a weapon. Like, like really, 47, 48 yards or something yeah, like that. He has not shown that before in this game. This is really the first time we ever saw that. And he didn't just use his legs. He looks fast. He looked almost like Kyler Murray out there, bro. Like he was moving. I was opens I, the playbook so yeah. much in Kyle Shanahan's eyes. I was I was shocked, yeah. man. Because it looked like maybe the Lions. Every time the Lions played perfect defense in that second half, he would just take off, bro, get 10, 15 yards at a time. I'm sorry, bro. And that, look, the thing that impressed me the most about this game is the fact of everybody has literally been saying, what can he do when he's down? What can he do when he's down? He literally should. Look, and and I will say this. I will give credit, okay? The deep shot that he took, where that that ball should have been picked. Okay, he did, I, I he did that a couple that. times. Yeah, that I will look. I will say this. I will give credit. Which one are you talking about? I'm though? talking about the one who who caught that ball. By the way, the best receiver on their team. Oh, stop it! Shut up. That guy. Uh, I, apparently, I think, a oh, you're talking about the tip pass. Apparently, a ladybug flew on his shoe, and so he knew he was going to catch that ball. Did you guys see that interview? No, I did. You guys didn't see that. You got to tell me. They, no, so they asked him, <laughs> she asked him after the game, I think it was something, she asked him something to the effect of like, did you know you were going to make a big play or did you know you were going to catch that pass? Something of that nature. And he was like, 
a ladybug flew on my shoe before the game, so I knew this was going to be a big one. Or something to that. Dude, I got to find the video and show you guys. <laughs> it's hilarious. so funny, bro. But, like, I, I'm saying the tip pass for a touchdown. Like, I, I will give credit. That ball should have been picked. Like, that it wasn't for a touchdown. He made another big play after that in touchdown because he's the best receiver on the team. Just stop it, bro. So, anyway. So, hold on. I want to talk about the ladybug for a second, Okay. So, Brandon, I'm trying to talk sport. Brandon's called him a ladybug, bro. So, this is funny because I just saw this in a movie not too long ago. A ladybug in Japanese culture is actually a sign of bad luck. And mm. it kind of, in a way. But what in, in, in Japanese culture, they the word for Jap- uh, the ladybug is some sort of word. But anyway... Wow, that was very intuitive. Yes. So anyway, it's some sort so of basically the point is Japanese culture views a ladybug as a sign of a indiv- of a kind of person that takes on all the bad luck for everybody else because they're the only one that can handle it. Like you're you're you, if you're labeled as the ladybug, that means you are the one that gets all the bad luck because you're enduring that for everyone else. So, so they yeah. don't so they don't have to endure it. God, why can I, dude, I'm terrible with names today. Left tackle, 49. Tick. Trent Logsdale? No. 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 Trent Williams. Trent Williams would have been injured, that would have been the perfect scenario. Or like yeah. if he would have had a ladybug yes. fall on his so, shoe. So apparently in Japanese culture, a lady, if you're labeled as a ladybug, that means that you endure all the bad luck so nobody else has to. That's what. That's mm-hmm. the way they view it. I don't know where it comes from, but I, I saw that very recently. So anyway, Continue. I, the ladybug thing stuck out to me, but instead on that play, it was a good luck play. So I don't even remember what I was saying. It, <laughs> but I don't even remember what I was saying. But yeah, You're talking like, about how the, biggest, you, the best receiver on the team. That's what you're saying. So <laughs> no, the the is everybody was saying, what can he do when he's down? Yeah, and you can say that was luck. You can say all of that, but have you? When is the last time that you guys have literally seen a quarterback flip a switch of that nature in a big game like that? And like, dude, he was making big plays. Yeah, too. I mean, like, he kind of did it last week. He pr- he's kind of done it yeah. two weeks in a row. Yeah, because he looks terrible against the Packers too. And then, and in the last drive, last he drive, turned it on. Yeah. So like, he has shown to me. Which look, I have been completely against the system quarterback thing, but literally in this playoff run, I I don't understand how you can still think this guy is a system quarterback and he's not a good. I like, I don't understand the argument anymore. I, I just don't like mm-hmm. you're just you're just hating at this point. Like I, I don't understand. I really don't. But he he yeah. balled out, man. He did ball out. He balled 100%. out. Fantastic. But this loss is on Dan Campbell. But you go ahead. I, I think the 49ers took this game more than the line. You did, bro. But like if but you yeah. are uh, go go ahead. I think even even in the play that Ben's talking about with the fourth and three from like the thirty yard line, I think if the Lions kicked that field goal. I think the 49ers still win the game. That's not even the part that I'm talking about. Be situational. Like, like, I get it, man. You're an aggressive coach. I I understand it, man. But kick kick the field goals, man. In this game, especially with how your offense is looking the second and how the 49ers offense is starting to click and Brock's making plays, you need points. You're acting like these these field goals are automatic, bro. I'm I'm not, but give yourself a chance, though, man. I I don't even necessarily disagree with Brandon's point about even if they made that field goal to make it 27-27, 
the 49ers probably still win this game. The reason that I say Dan Campbell lost this game was because after they went for it that first time, the 49ers got all the momentum and they never looked back. As soon as they got that momentum, they took the game, which is why I'm not even like crucifying Dan Campbell because I think that was the right decision and that's what got them there was being aggressive. So he should have been aggressive in that situation. For me, I would have kicked the field goal for the second one. I don't even I don't necessarily fault him for going for it, but his decision to go for both of those, if they make field goals on both of those, they win this game. Because the 49ers don't get momentum. They're probably not even in situation to have to kick the second one. But I'm not faulting him because that's what got them there. And he wasn't switching it up. He had faith in his guys to convert. They didn't do it. They lost. But let me so, let me so me saying that he lost the game isn't me saying that I think he's a bad coach or that he deserves like all this fault and blame and stuff like that is the reason they were there. That's why the players love him is because he believes in him. He's a fiery coach. He's going to like, he's going to do what he believes is right in the moment. He doesn't really care about like, oh, this has a better chance or this has a better chance. He's like, I believe in my guys. I want them to go yeah. be successful. I think that's a good point. I don't think he operates on analytics. He, yeah. I think he operates on gut feeling, yeah. which usually tells him to be aggressive. Yeah. Which I think you're correct on that. But I do want to point out one thing as far as the going for it versus kicking the field goal thing. At the end of the first half, the, the drive, the last drive of the first half, they ended up fourth and goal from like the three-yard line. And he thought about going for it. He ended up sending the field goal team out there and kicking the field goal to go up 24-7 to instead of going for a touchdown, which would have put them 28-7. And I think the second half, once the 49ers kind of got back into the game, I think he regretted not going for that touchdown at the end of the first half. And he's like, yeah. I think I shouldn't have kicked that field goal. I think I should have scored a touchdown. I should have I should have stuck, should have stuck with my guys yeah. uh, at the end of the first half to put the game away, basically. And I think that may have been that may have gone into his decision. Well. I agree with you there because I, I he genuinely thought about going for it there too. Yeah, and I think kicking the field goal there was the right decision. I did also, too. yeah. But like going up three possessions is a big deal. Yeah, and that puts you up seventeen. Yeah. Seventeen. When I don't know exactly what the statistics are, but when you're up seventeen points, that the, your percent chance of winning that game. Is insane. I also don't think until the other night Kyle Shanahan had ever come back from a 17 point deficit at halftime. I'm pretty I'm sure pretty that sure was yeah. Because last week was the first time I think he had ever came back from from like seven down to the fourth. It was the first time he'd ever came back from seven down to the fourth quarter. Yeah, ever. I remember like, seeing a lot of stats about if Shanahan's down, his record isn't very good, which yeah. is it's a like stupid. Win 30. It's that, like that's a 30. stupid stat to begin with. Every coach, if you're down in the NFL, the statistics of coming back is yeah. rare. Very rare. But we, the, we've, the, we've discussed that. It's the yeah. gist of how bad it was. Yeah, yeah. it was. Like, when it's like one in 34, but now, like, come on, bro. now he's done it twice in uh, two very big games. So, so like, got to give him credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, 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 you guys seem to be criticizing Dan Campbell a little more than I am, but I, I'm but, not saying he's a bad coach. Like I yeah, agree with I, everything Ben was saying. I'm just saying you got to read the situation, bro, and know the team you're playing against. Yeah, you've got to get all the points you can, bro. Yeah, because like you, even though the 49ers played 
they didn't play good in the first half. I'm not going to say they played bad necessarily. I'll say that. But they didn't look good in the first half. Do you genuinely think they're not going to make adjustments? Like, I I just, if I'm a coach playing against the 49ers, I'm getting all the points I can, even if they're field goals. And in your situation, I think or in your case, was his mentality. I think he was trying to get all the points. He was trying. He was trying. But in my, let me say this really quick. But like, I can, I can understand. It's more of a not being able to look back and say what if. Like, if you trot your field goal unit out and they miss them, they miss them. Literally, they miss them. But by going for it, especially twice, you're opening yourself up to this conversation of you lost the game because you were too aggressive and you didn't kick those field goals. Yeah. that That's my thing. Like, that that's the situation that I, he put himself in. I also I do think, go ahead, Ben. As much as, like, criticism as I've given him about that, I do want to make it very clear. His aggression, aggressiveness as a coach is why the Lions have made it this far in the first place. And that's yeah. why the players love playing for him. That's why they play as hard as they do for him is because they know that he's got their back. He's a fire so, coach. Like, but also on the flip side of that, if I'm going to give you credit for that, you also have to take some of the blame whenever it doesn't work out. But to Dan, Dan Campbell's credit, he does. He's like, all right, that that one was on me. I I haven't heard anything about this game afterwards, as far as the Lions' point of view of people blaming him or him blaming himself. He took credit, in the post, yeah, in the post game. Like that's so, that's what I figured that, that he probably would because he is that kind of guy that's like, yeah. hey, I made this decision. I I chose that decision. Fault's on me. Yeah. So so I'm gonna take that a little bit step further. I I I think. At the end of the day, like today, let's say Dan Campbell's thinking about the game today and thinking about all the decisions he made. I don't think he regrets any of them. I don't either. I I, I, I don't I don't think he's just thinking about it right now and they're like, dang man, I should have kicked that field goal. I, I think he believes that he made the right decisions and I, I don't think he regrets them. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with him. And like which is what which is what a how a good coach should feel. A yeah. good coach should never second guess his own decisions because they went poorly. Yeah. I, 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 I just, if you're second guessing your stuff because it, it, the, the outcome was poor, that means you're not, yeah. you're not a good head coach. He, in my opinion, but he takes it all into consideration before he does it. He knows the risk of not getting it, but he's like, I believe in my guys. And Thankfully for him, he's proven enough now that he's not going to get fired because of like if he if him going for it costs us team the game, he's not getting fired at this point because he's proven that he's a good enough coach. Yes. So and let me and I think Dan Campbell's not the offensive coordinator, but I think this is by design. I think Dan Campbell Dan Campbell has made the decisions to make this possible. But the difference is the past couple of years between the lines being ultra aggressive on fourth down. And the Chargers being ultra aggressive on fourth down is the third down play calling. Yeah. The Lions call third down play calls specific- like they're going specifically to set up fourth down. Yeah. The Chargers were not doing that. And because it well, but because of that, they were going for fourth and long a lot. Yeah. And the char- and the Lions, they would call third down plays that were just like running plays or short little hitch routes and stuff that were setting up fourth and shorts. 
on purpose. The Chargers would be like third and seven and throw like a 30-yard bomb yes. and it wouldn't work. And then on fourth down, they'd be like, let's try another 30-yard bomb. Yes. Like, why not? That was the yeah. issues. Going forward on fourth down usually is not an issue. But if you don't call the right plays on third down to set up your fourth down, that's when you've got issues. Uh, on If you think there's a chance that you're going for it on fourth down, like you're like, hey, this is a strong possibility we're going to do it. Set up a play on third down that gives you a chance to get the first down, but you're guaranteed two to three yards. If if you're not even in position to do that, at, at that point, you just go for the first down on third down, and if you don't get it, you punt. But like, yeah. if you're five yards away and you think you're pretty much going to go for it on fourth down, set up a play call to guarantee like two to three yards, if po- obviously if possible. But make it way more likely that even if you don't get the first down, that, hey, we're only like two yards away now. Now we're going for it. Get the top so. down and just run it up the middle. <laughs> on third down, it's not a bad top play. Down especially. She, not QB a bad draw play. on third and 15 or whatever the Giants did the other a few <laughs> years ago when they did a QB draw on like third and 20 or something Dude, like that. Brandon's favorite play, the wide receiver screen. Oh, yes. Yeah. It works for the Chiefs. Third and 20. It works for the 49ers, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. I think does anybody else have anything they want to add about either one of those games? Nah, man. Okay, so it's pretty much going to do it for this episode. We now have three episodes before the Super Bowl. Okay, so we're going to do some different things in these next few episodes. I think I know what we're going to do on our Wednesday episode this week. Tanner, what is the earliest Super Bowl that you remember watching? Titans Rams. I, that's bull crap. Like that is bull crap. <laughs> 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 that, uh, that is not true. Gosh, dude, I don't even remember, honestly. That's the point. What do you remember? <laughs> it's later than you think it was, because it was later than I thought so it was. So, for me, it was Bears and Colts. The, yeah. The year before the helmet catch. That's that's the earliest for me. I think the first Super Bowl I remember watching, I can't think. What? It wasn't the helmet. Was the helmet catch first game or second game? But that was the, that was the first Giants Patriots game. Okay, so it was the second one, the second Giants Patriots. You don't remember the helmet catch? I, I don't think I watched that game. Do you? I don't. Remember. Do you not remember Steelers Cardinals? You no Steelers Cardinals. Yeah, yes, okay. yes, definitely Steelers Cardinals. So Steelers because I watched Steelers Cardinals was immediately after the helmet. It was okay for. I remember that one. Yeah. That's the one. So you because don't I remember the helmet? Catch. I don't remember. I did not watch the helmet. So catch. you're. The, I just remember why I watched. This you're game. in the same boat as Ben. Ben yeah. says that he, his first one that he remembers is the Steelers Cardinals. Yeah. Okay. So what I was, was wanting year before that. what I was wanting to do on Wednesday was we were going to do a top ten list of Super Bowls that we can remember watching mm. so do you all want to include the helmet catch in that or do you not we can i feel like we've all seen enough videos from that super bowl because that is just iconic to me yeah so we all know what brandon's is good yes <laughs> but if you all would rather not since you don't actually remember it I uh, no I, i'm fine with that i include it i don't remember anything from that game but i rem- like obviously i remember the helmet catch and i remember a few other plays from that game just because i've seen so much of that super bowl like everyone talks about it to this day yeah so but i don't actually remember watching the game so, as like a so that super bowl was 2008 so what we're gonna do? I was six. That's crazy. We're gonna rank our top ten Super Bowls, two thousand eight to present. Okay, hurry. Right. So that's what we're gonna do on Wednesday. By the way, I want to point out to everybody that so 
my Super Bowl, the first one that I remember anything from at all was the one before the helmet catch, which was Bears and Colts. Devin Hester returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown. That's the only play I remember from the game at all. Don't remember anything else. So the very next year, that was the first year that I watched every play of a Super Bowl. Okay, that was Giants, Patriots, helmet catch, Plexico Burroughs touchdown at the end, all that craziness. Okay, so right off the bat, my exposure to the Super Bowl, the standard was set insanely high. Okay, the very next year was Steelers Cardinals. I'm just like, oh my god, the Super Bowl is so good, dude. So my standard was set so high. And then ever since then, it's just been a letdown, bro. This sucks. It's just been such a letdown. But anyway, yeah, so those were the first two Super Bowls that I watched like every play to. And they were just both so freaking good, dude. It was insane. But anyway, but yeah, that's what we plan on doing Wednesday. We'll do our point system thing. I'm actually pretty interested to see how we're going to end up doing this. There are a few that I'm, I know are not going to be on our list, like that Seahawks and Broncos one that was just an absolute obliteration. That's obviously not going to be on anybody's list. Sure, it will. I was going to put that unless, unless you're a Seahawks fan, then you might have it on your list. But other than that, I know another one that Seahawks fans won't have on their list. I, I know that one. But Tanner will have, Tanner will have that one on his list. He'll have 28, th- 28 to 3 on the list as well. That, oh, that one's going to be on my list, too. Okay. Now, I already know what my number one I'm not putting that on my list. I refuse. 28-3, <laughs> not on my list. Also, the 49ers-Ravens blackout lights game, not on my list. It's not on it. <laughs> that's crazy. I actually don't remember a single play from that game. If I'm being honest, I all I remember calling uh, I remember, the guy that shall not be named running around for his life pretty much the whole. I remember Beyonce, and I remember the lights going out, and I remember the Ravens won, and I don't remember anything else about the game. Do you remember anything else about that game? I, I definitely remember the last drive, the last drive of the game what was because that was the one. I don't remember it. The last so the last play of the game. It was a shot in the corner of the end zone, and there wasn't a PI called on it. If it's again, if if I remember correctly, it was a throw in the corner of the end zone, and there wasn't a PI called on it. And apparently, a lot of people thought there should have been. I think you're thinking so, of the NFC Championship between the Seahawks and 49ers. Mm-hmm. I thought that that's I'm pretty what sure it was 49ers Ravens. Okay, if I remember, if I remember correctly, got it. All right. Anyway, yeah, we'll. We'll be ranking our top 10 list. And that, so 2008 through 2023, that gives us 15 years to rank 10 Super Bowl. So now I feel like that's pretty reasonable. So anyway, we should have there. And there are some really, really good Super Bowls in that period and some really, really bad Super Bowls in that period. So I look forward to that. That should be fun. But anyway. We'll plan on talk to you guys on Wednesday, getting that list in, probably debating, and that Tanner's going to trash Ben for not having 28-3 on his list at all. Yes. <laughs> freaking roast you. <laughs> anyway. All right. You guys got something to say before we end. What's the difference between joking and dad joke? What? Letter. <laughs>